You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. After watching their A's sign a massive free agent deal with a division rival, no less, are there any more plans in place for the Blue Jays to upgrade their rotation? Matt Wehmeyer joined on the phone by Gregor Chisholm, MLB.com Blue Jays reporter. Gregor, thanks for the time. And just a couple of days ago, you had an article on MLB.com stating that it was highly unlikely that the Jays were going to make another major addition to their rotation. They've been busy in that regard already. They've retained Marco Estrada. They brought back Jay Happ. They traded for Jesse Chavez. But with the, new, with the news on Tuesday that the Red Sox signed David Price to that huge free agent deal, could those plans change, or are the Blue Jays pretty much set with what they've got? Well, I think they're, they're certainly going to be active. I, I think the one part that they're going to be a little bit limited in is the amount of money that they have to spend. Now, they, have, they still have a decent amount available, uh, but they have to fill a few holes with that. They need to get at least one more starter. They need to get uh, at least one, maybe even two relievers and also a utility infielder there. Uh, as well. So they're going to be a little bit strapped to make some kind of major splash through free agency, uh, but they still certainly could target uh, kind of a mid-tier type guy, or they also could try to get creative uh, through trade, because there's no question that uh, this is a team that still needs uh, one more reliable starting pitcher, uh, because there's not a lot of organizational depth behind guys like Jesse Chavez as well. So, uh, you know, Price was... uh, an expected blow to this team. Uh, they, I don't think they expected him to come back by any means, um, but someone's still going to have to fill that role. Yeah, I think the uh, the move to retain Marco Estrada was uh, pretty much widely applauded, especially given how he performed in the postseason this year, especially in the ALCS. As far as the moves to bring back uh, Jay Happ and Jesse Chavez, I mean, Happ was sensational with the Pirates, and uh, Jesse Chavez has had his ups and downs. Uh, how would you assess uh, those two moves in particular as far as upgrading that rotation? Yeah, and there's certainly the needed depth pieces that this organization uh, really had to have because, uh, you know, this is a team that really kind of gutted its upper levels of the farm system over the last couple of years to make some of the, the big moves that they made. And uh, there wasn't really much depth to speak of at all. And this is a team that was going into the offseason with a lot of uncertainty in that area with, uh, you know, price leaving. Uh, the original uncertainty around whether or not the team would be able to retain Estrada. And then you had guys like, uh, you know, Mark Burley, who is either going to retire or either way uh, won't be back in Toronto next season. So uh, they had a lot of holes to fill in. I think it was very important for interim general manager Tony LaCava to come out aggressive early uh, so that now they at least have a couple of other guys they can turn to. Uh, Haps obviously guaranteed a spot in the rotation. Chavez will have an opportunity to compete for a job. Uh, but at the very least, he'll settle into a swingman-type role, similar to the one that Estrada had last year. So uh, overall, they have a lot more options than they did uh, just a few weeks ago, and that's always a good thing. And, uh, Gregor, curious to get your thoughts on the the David Price fallout. I mean, you know, you said and pretty much a lot of people have said that the Blue Jays had resigned themselves to the fact that they were not going to retain Price beyond the 2015 season. Nonetheless, I mean, given all the good vibes and, you know, the team winning their first division in 22 years and and Price being a huge part of that and that environment at Rogers Center, did they at least engage in any sort of preliminary talks when the season ended about him possibly coming back? Or did both sides kind of say that the money was just going to be too high and he was too in demand by so many other clubs that there was really no hope of him returning to Toronto. Yeah, they definitely had talks. I don't think there was much expectation on either side that it was going to work out. And really, I think it was like that from day one when Price joined this team. And you know, Alex Anthopoulos pulled the trigger on that on that deal. Uh, you know, the the main reason 
behind it uh, was to kind of address the here and now. And I don't think there was many expectations from him that they would be able to retain him. I think a lot of things needed to go 100% right for that to happen. And I think Price came in realizing that he was going to be a rental. But, you know, they, they did talk, uh, you know, from what it sounds like there wasn't an actual form, formal offer exchange. But uh, that shouldn't be surprising either because I think the, the Jays uh, recognized at least semi-early on that, that this, these contract negotiations were going to go on to an entirely different level that they weren't prepared to go on. And, and that really left it down to uh, teams like, obviously, the Red Sox who ended up uh, on top, but then, uh, you know, teams like the Cubs as well. And, uh, Gregor, give me your prediction here. The first time that the Red Sox visit the Blue Jays at Rogers Center and David Price is on the mound, what is that reception going to be like for him? Oh, that's a, that's a good question, and that that's going to be really hard to predict. I, I think that if he went to almost any other team, uh, his return would be met with cheers. Uh, the fact that he's playing uh, for the Red Sox now probably means that he's going to hear uh, more boos, in my opinion, than cheers. But I think some some people will be, uh, you know, booing just because of the fact that he is a Red Sox and a player and, and having some fun with that. Uh, you know, for the most part, I think the fans are really appreciative of the run that Price was involved in this year, and uh, he made a lot of fans uh, with the way he embraced the city and, and his teammates. Uh, so overall, I think the impressions are positive. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if people have a, a little bit of fun with that uh, on his multiple visits to Toronto next year. Yeah, I'm sensing a mixed reaction for sure when uh, Price steps back on the Rogers Center mound in a Red Sox uniform. Either way, it's going to be very interesting to see and hear, no question, uh, when that happens next year. Uh, Gregor, the winter meetings are right around the corner, December 7th through the 10th in Nashville, Tennessee. We've touched on the uh, needs of the rotation and what they've done already. When you look elsewhere uh, on the field and uh, up and down that lineup, what are some other needs that the Blue Jays have and who are some players that they could target in their time in Tennessee? Yeah, I think one of their top priorities in addition to the rotation is definitely figuring out what to do uh, with the back end of that bullpen. They do have three very reliable guys, and Roberto Osuna, Aaron Sanchez, and Brett Cecil, and uh, they really need at least one more piece to go along with that. And you know, uh, they've had talks with a guy like Ryan Madsen. Uh, he's one potential target. Uh, I think they're really going to have to, you know, cast a wide net uh, and then take some budgetary concerns in with that as well and see who the best deal that they can get uh, for that would be. And my Mark Lowe is a guy who came over uh, at the trade deadline last year. He's another possibility uh, to come in again and, and fill that role. So there's a few ways they can go. And then, you know, some of, some of the other things they need to get done are a little bit more on the minor side. Uh, since Devin Travis is uh, not expected to be ready for the start of next year uh, after undergoing shoulder surgery, Ryan Goins is a very capable fill-in at second base, but that leaves the Jays in the market for uh, a backup utility infielder. And that could be as simple as signing a few guys to minor league deals and then coming in and competing for that role. So, uh, Overall, the, the strong emphasis based on the fact that this is you know, a team that's returning the best lineup in baseball is strictly focused around pitching right now, and that, that's the rotation and, and the bullpen. And, Gregor, I know that you know at the end of the day, money talks, and money makes the world go round and round, and, and that's you know set in stone. But given the position the Blue Jays are in when they're trying to lure free agents, and obviously there's you know they're competing with 29 other teams for a player's services, are they a more appealing destination now, uh, given the success that they've had and the fan support that uh, that Toronto showed them? Is there more? Do they have more in, the, in that column to kind of support them than they've had in previous years? Definitely, no question about it. And I, I think you know what it probably does is even the playing field a little bit. Uh, the Jays have to deal with stereotypes of playing in Canada from time to time, and 
Uh, you know, there's a lot of misconceptions out there about how the tax rates work, and it, for a lot of the players, it, you know, it, it really is a foreign country for them. So uh, sometimes there's a roadblock there, uh, and even more so when the team's not doing well. But I think everyone took notice of what the team did in 2015. They took notice of, of how they were embraced by the fan base and, and the numbers and, and the atmosphere at Rogers Centre. Uh, those are all very positive. And, uh, you know, obviously, the, the, as you said, the, the money kind of talks more than anything else. But, uh, you know, teams, players also want to go to a team where uh, they have a chance to win. And, and you certainly have that opportunity in Toronto uh, with the, the core that they have returning. So, uh, you know, I think all things being equal, the Jays probably have an advantage uh, that they didn't have. Now, that doesn't mean that players are going to come here for well under market value. The Jays would still have to be competitive. Uh, but I think this is a desired place to play, and, and it's probably the first time uh, in, in quite a while, really, that uh, the Jays can realistically say that. Yeah, I think uh, players are looking at Toronto in a whole new light uh, based on everything they accomplished in the 2015 season. I totally agree. Uh, Gregor, as we come down the home stretch here, we're speaking on a Wednesday afternoon. The non-tender deadline is approaching at midnight tonight and discuss some of the uh, players on the roster whose 2016 fates are going to be affected by that. Yeah, I think the big question going into that deadline for the Jays is what they're going to do with, with uh, left fielder Ben Revere. And, uh, you know, he came in at the trade deadline last year as well and really uh, took off after a, a slow start and, and gave the Blue Jays a lot of value out of the leadoff spot. Um, I think in other circumstances he would be guaranteed of returning. Um, but the fact is, uh, you know, he's, he's projected to earn uh, just slightly under $7 million next year. And I think the Jays have to question whether or not they uh, want to allocate that uh, those resources to Revere uh, or, you know, take that away and, and go with guys like Michael Saunders and, and Dalton Pompey in left field instead, save a little bit of money and then reinvest that in the pitching staff. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if, if the Jays go that route. Uh, I, and I also wouldn't be surprised if, if they're very confident that they can get a, a deal for him. They're not going to get anything huge back in return, but if you get, you know, a secondary piece for Ben Revere, uh, then perhaps they do tender him a contract and then look to move him at a later date. But the outfield is one of the few spots on the Jays roster where there really is a lot of options. There is a lot of depth. Uh, and so the Jays may need to get a little uh, creative to use those assets uh, to fill some holes elsewhere. And, Gregor, just uh, one final question. Uh, if you had the power somehow, some way, uh, to make one move for this Toronto team, uh, whether it's via free agency or via the trade market, uh, something to, if it's not even a major splash, but one of those sneaky good moves to kind of bolster this team, uh, what would it be if you had the power to do that? Well, that's that's a that's a great question. I think a lot of it's going to come down to the value that some of these guys go for. But you know, you look at a guy like uh, Hisashi Iwakuma would have would have been a great fit for the Jays going into this offseason. Someone who, who generates a lot of ground balls. More than anything else, they need a guy who can be a legitimate. Not an ace, but a legitimate mid-rotation piece. And uh, maybe you look at a guy like Giovanni Gallardo, and uh, there's some, there's a lot of mid-tier guys out there. Uh, but the asking prices also seem to be through the roof right now. So if I'm the Jays, I, I wouldn't have a problem with being patient for a little bit, seeing how this this market uh, kind of, you know, evens out over the next few weeks. And there's going to be some guys who are left at the end there, uh, and maybe some of the big market teams are out of the market for pitching by that point, and perhaps you can get a little bit of a value deal. Uh, so I think the fact that the Jays have happened, Estrada, uh, Chavez in the mix, means that there's a little bit less urgency, and you can take a little bit more of a patient approach and see where some of these guys end up instead of trying to force the issue. 
MLB.com Blue Jays reporter Gregor Chisholm joining us. Gregor, thanks as always for the time. Enjoy your stay in Nashville, and I'm sure we'll talk soon. Thanks again. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.